It is Wednesday, October 25th, 2023. This is another playoff edition of Baseball Today, presented to you by Seatkey. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well, and we have a World Series matchup, T. Plouffe. I can tell you're super excited when you grab your leather. You're like, yeah, it's go time. Chris, you know I love ball. You know I love the World Series, and I do love this matchup. Uh, you know, I, I, as much as I wanted to see Bryce Harper and the Phillies mm-hmm. in the World Series, the Snakes earn this. So, you know, that fan base needs to be proud of these guys. And I do think that this is going to make for a very, very compelling World Series. I think there's a lot of differences in the way these teams approach the game. Uh, and it'll be fun to see it all play out on the biggest stage, man. I'm excited about this one. Uh, we will talk more about the Arizona Diamondbacks and how they won games six and seven on the road in just a bit. But a quick reminder, today's show is presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. And if you want to save a little dough and get the best tickets in town, just download the SeatGeek app today. You can save 10% if you use the code word Postseason. That is all caps, all one word. If you're going to either Texas or Arizona for the World Series, get your tickets on SeatGeek. If you're going to an NFL game, college football, NBA, which just tipped last night, NHL's in full swing, or a concert goer, type in the word John Boy Postseason. You will save 10% whether you are a returning customer or a newbie. So enjoy that. I know Diamondbacks fans are scurrying to see Geek trying to get their first World Series tickets since 2001. And I didn't know Arizona had it in them. Brandon Fott was fantastic for a third straight start. Corbin Carroll turned into the star that he has been throughout the entire season. The pen slammed the door shut on Philly's offense for a second straight night, and they're partying like it's 2001. Seawall to strike away. Here he comes. Cave, a fly ball to right field over his Carroll. He's got it, and the Arizona Diamondbacks are headed to the World Series. The Diamondbacks have won the National League pennant. All right, I want you guys to drink up every single piece of this tonight. This is an amazing accomplishment. We're not done yet. No, we ain't. We're going to get on an airplane. We're going to head west, and we're going to make left in Oklahoma for Dallas in the World Series. We wouldn't have minded if he said the words fucking TBS bleeped them out, but we certainly understand that. Hmm. It's a little different where we live these days. Uh, in a word, it's pretty simple. I am shocked. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way to put it. Honestly, for, for me, for both of these teams, I know some people kind of believed in the Rangers early on the season. I, I said I needed to see it happen before you know I put my blessing onto them, if you will. But the Snakes, to me, I just... Man, even during that really hot start, I was like, this this is great, but we got to play a full 162. And then from July 1st through uh, the end of September, I believe they went like 34 and 44. Like they didn't, they weren't playing well going into the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, they got hot, man. And they started doing things the right way. And we we kind of saw them get away from that a little bit early on in the in the series against Philadelphia. Finally, these last two games, they started stealing some bags again, uh, being aggressive on the base pass, moving moving runners over. I thought Tori Lovello did like an incredible job managing the bullpen, better than uh-huh. anybody else. And there's some guys out there that are supposed to be bullpen masters, like Bruce Bochy. 
I think Lavello has handled it better than anybody in the playoffs. So um, it's a combination of so many different things. Carroll getting it going these last, uh, especially last night, was huge for them. Uh, Brandon Fott becoming like a thing. Like he's a legitimate third starter that you can count on in a uh-huh. World Series. I don't think we, anybody saw that coming. So uh, a lot of things had to happen and all happen at once for them to be in this position. But that's baseball. And that's the beauty of it, man. It really is. Yeah, I, there are some people who are going to say, well, you're being disrespectful. Why don't you give them respect? We looked at this team when they were even playing well in the first half of the season. I think we both kind of felt the same way. Number one is they don't have a number three starter, right? They've got Zach Gallon. They've got Merrill Kelly. Those are two dependable elite arms. Like Those yes. are good, good starting yes. pitchers. After that, we didn't know who was throwing three, four, and five during the week. We had no idea. And then we looked at that bullpen. We're like, okay, if you're serious, you have to revamp that bullpen. And last night they had four guys. They certainly did. The last four guys that pitched, three of them weren't even on the major league roster at the beginning of August, right? Thompson, not there. Sal Frank in the minors. Seawald, he was up in Seattle. So three of the last four guys that you counted on, and then Ginkle, who has become the setup man of all setup men. Holy smokes, is his stuff just electric. And he is fiery, and he's fun. I think he's a really good interview, actually. He's super smart, you can tell. They're just, they're an incredible story of where it all gelled. Because at the beginning, I didn't pick him to beat the Brewers. I certainly didn't pick him to beat the Dodgers. There's no way I thought they were going to beat the Phillies. And I thought they just should have packed it in after they were down 2 nothing. I mean, I've I've been betting against them the entire way as yep. as well, man. I really have, and I think you know that's something that this team has has you know they fed upon a little bit. And there's the funny storyline about Mad Dog and Tori Lavello, but you know a lot of those guys, you know, when you aren't supposed to do anything, like it kind of takes a little bit of pressure off you. Okay, we're not supposed to win this, great. Mm-hmm. How about we just go play ball? And that's kind of what they did. Uh, two other things in addition to Brandon Fott, who, you know, listen to do. What he did against the Dodgers when you're already up 2-0 in a best-of-five series when you're in the comforts of your own home, still impressive, but okay. And then to do in Game 3 what he did, there was a little more pressure because they were down 2 nothing when he got the ball, but he was back home. To do this in Game 7 in Philadelphia against that lineup, awesome. Great job, kid. I, uh, I thought Ron Darling said it best last night on the broadcast. He was talking about Brandon Fott and, you know, he was up and down and you get sent down. And a lot of times we just dismiss those guys. Oh, he was up and down triple. He can't be that good. But the reality is, you know, you can work on things and you can get better as a baseball player. And Ron kept saying last night, he's the best version of himself right now. Mm-hmm. And that was so true. Like he was like, they weren't, I know in the fourth, he got a little bit middle with his pitches, but before that they weren't touching him. And, you know, Alec Bohm uh, ambushed him for a homer. But besides that, when he was working on the peripherals, he was they weren't seeing the ball. They, they, they weren't going to score a ton of runs of them. And then I thought Torrey did a great job realizing that Fott kind of lost a little bit of that control there and the command, got him out of there at the perfect time. Uh, but for him to even go four innings yesterday, I thought was was good for them. Uh, so very quickly, two other things. Cattell Marte, your NLCS MVP. Really the MVP of the National League playoffs with the hitting streak that he has got, the longest yeah. of all time. 
He is a switch hitter that you can put either in one or two, depending on if you're facing a righty or a lefty at the top of that order, a guy that can do damage. And uh, as a former shortstop, a guy that's got a great arm there at second base and um, can move around a bit too. He is a stud, and his yes. reemergence as an elite player has been a huge difference maker for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then Corbin Carroll, dude, he used his legs finally in his in a game, and the most meaningful one, you know, to get, what do you get, three knocks, two runs, two steals, tone setter. They're going to need more of that if they're going to take care of the Texas Rangers for four more games as well. So I thought Do you that think was... we're going to get a reason why he didn't steal a base for the first five games of the series or six games of the series? Good question. One that they should ask him and ask Tori Lovello. But, you know, he turned it on. He turned on the Jets yeah, when, he, right. <laughs> when he needed it most. So um, we'll get to the Diamondbacks and the Rangers a little bit later. But first, we have to kiss off the Philadelphia Phillies. We say goodbye. They finished one round short of where they were a season ago. Uh, this is hard for them to take, particularly after they were up two games to none and then lost four of the last five. You know, last year when we lost game six, I think obviously we're disappointed because we didn't win the whole thing. But there's a lot of there was a lot of like, all right, well, we got here, you know, like now now we can build off of that. So sure. knowing how we feel about this team and we came up short uh, from what we did the year previous. I mean, it's a disgusting feeling, honestly. That was one of the best post-game interviews I've ever heard in my life after a team was eliminated from a series. Nick Castellanos broke down everything from where did, where did it go wrong for you because he was so hot, you know, through game one of the NLCS, and then he didn't get a hit the rest of the way. And he went through it. I mean, he, t he didn't roll his eyes or anything. He gave us honest answers that I thought were kind of deep. Big picture, where did it go wrong in this series for Philadelphia? I mean, I think letting them win game six. Bottom line, like we said that, if you go back to Philly, you can't let them win game six because anything can happen in a game seven. In one game, and it did. So I think it was really, yeah, letting them win game six. Um, baseball's one of those sports, Chris, where, you know, I don't think the best team wins all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really, it's it's such a chess match, and there's so many different variables that you just can't control that you can't let it get to that one game. Uh, so I think, yeah, for me, it was letting him win game six. It was earlier than that for me. Okay. Yeah, it was the eighth inning of game four. The Phillies were six outs away from being up 3-1 with having your dude, Zach Wheeler, on the mound. And Arizona was going to have to win three straight against you, which would have been a very tall order. As it was, winning four out of five was extremely challenging. But to be this close to being up 3-1 and to bring Kimbrell in in the eighth, which we have talked about, that some guys are just more comfortable in my friendly confines of the ninth inning, and he couldn't get through, and Thomas hits the homer, and all of a sudden a 5-2 game is 5-5, and Arizona ends up winning that thing. That was it. That would to me, that was the inning right there where you could cir if you're going to circle one spot, I felt like that was the one. Yeah, they came back the next day and won six to one, and you bring it back to Philly. I All know. you have to do is win one in Philadelphia, I and it's like, dang, you're still in control of the series big time. And you got you got your ace on the mound, and I know, but I really think if you're up three one, series is over. I really, really would believe that with the three guys they would have had to go against. But you, yeah, you we, could, 
we can nitpick if we want here. You you could see last night in the game seven. You know, we talked about how important it is for teams to get out to early leads. Like, and obviously, uh, especially during this postseason, we've seen it time and time again. Uh, you could see uh, the Phillies lineup understanding, like, okay, we early in the game, okay, we go up two one, then Arizona snatches the lead back, and you could see when they got their core guys up or the guys that you know are supposed to be producers for them, you know. They will. They didn't come through, and they're like, okay. And you could just see, like, well, I had three at bats left. Now I have two at bats left, and then we have one at bat left. And then mm-hmm. the it's just the pressure. It becomes like a vice. It's now those thoughts creep into your mind as a hitter. Like, I got to get it done now. Before, when you have multiple at bats left, or even another game after, you don't think about those things. Mm-hmm. You just go up there and hit. All of a sudden, you're looking and you're like, oh, that's if I don't do it now, I only have one at bat left and just and you could see it from the get-go i i thought i could see it from the start of the game with the phillies hitters last night mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and even when stott hit that double that gave him the 2-1 lead you you didn't you never felt like philly was running away with it like they would in some other games in this series you could add it on right there could have you, you needed you needed crooked numbers for the phillies yep. and and they just didn't do it last night yeah they kept arizona the game in the game and to the diamondbacks credit they came back. They eventually took a lead in the middle innings, and then their bullpen did what Phillies couldn't, and that was keep the other team at bay. All right. Um, this was very different, in my opinion, the locker room setting. I watched a lot of interviews out of that Phillies locker room. I watched Castellanos. Uh, I watched Reese Hoskins, who didn't play in the series, but was knew he was playing, you know, there for his final game as a Philly. Um, I watched Schwarber. It was very different than when the Astros lost Game Seven. Like the, I think the Astros were like, "Hey, listen, we were down two nothing in a series. We came back. We took a lead. We're disappointed. We lost Game Six and Seven at home." But the Phillies looked like they were in utter shock with what transpired. How do they process this loss? I think the reason it was different for the Astros is they just won the World Series last year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they didn't lose the World Series last year. You hear you heard Nick Castellanos talking about that, you know. They were happy, kind of happy to be in the World Series last year. Feel like, okay, we can build upon this now. They didn't they went backwards essentially. But really I think if you're the Phillies, you you do that kind of thinking for the day or two days or maybe even a week, I don't know. But then after that you realize we have a really good baseball team. A lot of these guys are going to be here for a long time. We do have to address some starting pitching stuff. You know, Aaron Noel is a free agent. Um, but I, I I think you just have to use it as motivation. You understand how hard it is to even get where they were at, let alone get to the World Series and let alone win it. So it just, I think you use it as motivation as best you can. And then you use it as a challenge maybe to your front office to, you know, supplement maybe the bench. Um Find wherever the holes, wherever the deficiencies were, and and try to improve there. You got to find a way to move forward, man. I know. Um, so th- I think that you're right in assessing how the players and the organization will end up looking at this. If you're Philly fans, you're sitting there today and saying, "What a fucking missed opportunity this was." Yes, yes, yes. I mean, up to nothing on a team that, to be honest with you, it doesn't feel like should have been on the same field with us. They won't. We would never come out and say that. But they look at that team where agree. No, even, that's yeah. They didn't even know who their third starter was going into the postseason. They didn't know which guys they could count on in the bullpen going into the playoffs. They just didn't. 
They did not. They did not have a blueprint for how this was exactly going to go, which is why I even more so tipped the cap to the Diamondbacks. But there's no, the Phillies were like, okay, we don't even have to play the Astros if we win. Yesterday, they were, I guarantee you, they were thinking to themselves, "My God, when we win this game, we don't even have to, we don't have to play the Astros. We have to. We don't have to go down to the place where we lost the World Series." Are, are you kidding me? We don't have to face Degrom. Yeah, Evaldi's tough. Yes, Scherzer's back. Yes, Montgomery's, back. but we'll take our chances. I like our chances, and I definitely do against that Texas bullpen. They're probably like, what? Yeah, what a missed opportunity. It, I mean, it, it is a huge missed opportunity because I believe. I mean, this the Phillies were a World Series team. I totally. don't doubt that at all. They had everything like lining up for them, but but Chris, they got what? Snake bit. They got snake bit, bro. Ah. They did. Hey, I'm serious, man. Watch your boots, fellas. With all that being said, they are in a very good spot moving forward. You know, I think Harper stays at first base. What? I mean, you better bring Nola back. Well, if you don't, so you're sure going to have to go happen. replace him. You have to go replace him with somebody. You can't just... Move Suarez up to your number two, and then well, and then don't tell me Ranger Suarez is a starting pitcher, and then take him out after three innings or four innings. Like I'm not. Let's go figure that out. Figure that whole situation out too. That's some weird stuff that they've done. Isn't it them. weird? Really weird. I mean, he's been so dependable in the postseason. Last night, to Arizona's credit, they you know they hit him around a little bit more than anybody else has. But man, it's so weird how we're doing games now. For guys that know, are man. good, I get it. For guys that. Like you're scared to death, but man, to like pull Scherzer after you know before he gets through three innings and Ranger Suarez doesn't get through half the game, it's very strange. I mean, that's going to be their number one offseason plan is yeah. starting pitching, and then I would say again, like no offense to these guys, but you know you're pinch hitting Pache, who worked a really nice at bat against mm-hmm. Sal Frank, um, he did. and then you know to end the game, Jake Cave, who had great. I mean, he's he's a big league hitter, and he had great numbers at AAA this year, and he's a good hitter. But I I don't know. It just seems to me like you maybe want they were light to address that. Yeah, they were light on the bench, no question. And you guys know this one's brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. The baseball playoffs are underway, and things are heating up in the ballpark with DraftKings Sportsbook. You won't miss a moment of the action. New customers can score two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets for betting just five dollars on baseball. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code baseball today. Baseball today. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code baseball today. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash baseball for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right. We're actually going to have two more shows before the first World Series game. So we're going to have plenty of time to break down the matchups, who's got the edge here, all sorts of fun stuff. Just give me one storyline you're most looking forward to between Texas and Arizona. I feel like it's pretty generic, but it, it means something to me. It's just roster construction, how you got there. I think that's a storyline. You know, the Rangers, they went out and spent in free agency. A lot of their main cogs are from free agents. Now they made some trades as well. Um, but 
that's how they acquired their talent. They went out and bought it. And Arizona, you'd be hard-pressed to really find a pricey free agent on their roster right now. I think Evan Longoria was one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not $300 million. Pricey, though. Yeah. So I think it, that's interesting to me. It's like, you know, the Gabriel Moreno and Lourdes Guerrero Jr. trade, like that was massive for them, sending Varsho and getting those two. So it's just different types of roster construction. You could talk about the payroll disparity. I, I believe the Diamondbacks are right around – 100 105 mm-hmm. million and then uh rangers right around 200 million so you can kind of talk about that as well but to me it's yeah it's just both these teams were in a massive hole just two years ago over 100 losses and now here they are but they've gotten there in different ways so i really i'm not going to tell you who i'm kind of rooting for just yet but i have a lean yes you do uh, two quick stories. Longo returning to the World Series oh, for the man, first time in yeah. 15 years is really cool. In fact, it's the there you go. There's the Longo signed Tampa love Bay Longo, race card. That you He's having so to. much fun. Oh, of course he is. I love it. I'm happy for him. Uh, it's the longest drought between World Series appearances ever for a position player and longest one for anybody since El Presidente, Dennis Martinez. Pitched for the Orioles in 1979 and then my then Indians in 1995. So pretty cool. Pretty cool for Longo. And Bruce Bochy, if he wins this one, that's four World Series. The only managers who will have more are Joe McCarthy, Casey Stengel, and Connie Mack. When you're talking about a guy, (laughs) I used to hang with him, smoke cigars. Yeah, he did. Connie Mack for sure. Yeah, in my suit and my cool hat in the dugout. I looked up Connie Mack last night just to kind of see his. First of all, the fact that the guy managed the A's for 50 years is insane. Did it every day in a suit. And he lived, I believe, until the mid-1950s, until the age of 93. That's pretty good back then. That's really good. And there's like a league named after him. I always think that's cool. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on. Bob Melvin, officially the new manager of the San Francisco Giants. We'll talk more about that on tomorrow's show once he has the press conference and kind of talk about it from the Giants angle and what it means for their franchise moving forward. But what this means is there's now a vacancy in San Diego, which we certainly did not expect at this time a year ago. How good a managerial job is it in San Diego right now? I think it can it can be an excellent managerial job. I mean, you got an owner that's willing to spend money. You've already brought in a ton, a ton of talent. You still have three high-ranking prospects um, in your farm system. Now, the only you know caveat to that is it seems like AJ Preller is not exactly easy to work with. But for the right guy, it could be a great job. It just depends on all how all of that meshes together. Now, a lot of reports are saying that it's going to be Ryan Flaherty who's already in the org. And like, so if he has a good rapport with Preller and clearly he has one with the players, it could be a great spot for him. An outsider coming in who doesn't necessarily have that rapport with the players or has a, you know, finds, you know, it to be abrasive, the relationship with Preller, then it wouldn't be. But I think that the opportunity is there for this to be a great spot to to land in because a lot of times you get your you get a job like say ryan flair is gonna be his first managerial job a lot of times you have to take that with a team that's rebuilding this team's not rebuilding bro this team is already there you have a chance to go win right away with this team so in my mind i think for the right person it could be a great opportunity well 
Let me play the other side of this moment. Okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. First of all, we do don't that. we don't know for a hundred percent it's going to be Flaherty. All right. He, no, I said it's the reports are him or Schilt, but yeah, him or Mike Schilt. Another name that was reported last night, which to me makes a ton of sense, is Skip Schumacher. Uh, he did coach there before. He could get out of his deal. Yes, get out of his deal with Miami. The reports are is that he did not like the way that the stuff went down with Kim Ang. Not happy at all. His family still lives on the West Coast in Orange County. This would be a huge opportunity. for. I mean, I think he's probably the happiest guy on the planet that Bob Melvin left and now vacated that because I love it, it would not shock me if his agent behind the scenes is trying to work something and talk to Preller and say, hey, you've already got a guy who you have seen turn shit around quickly in a place where they never win. Go get him back to San Diego. He'll be happier. You'll be happy. You don't have to roll the dice on a guy like Ryan Flaherty if you don't want to, or on a guy like Mike Schilt, who has did a nice job in St. Louis and things. There was just a huge falling out. Here's the other side of this. Preller is hiring his fifth full-time manager since 2015. So either you consistently hire the wrong person or shit is just silly behind the scenes that we don't know about. To me, oh yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. And this is what you got to you got to power move Preller right away if you go in there. I don't think anybody's power moved him. You have to go in there, you have to step on his shoe right away. And then you have but to if, call him CJ. Don't call him AJ. Just mess with him just a little bit. Let him know you're in control here. If Bob Melvin couldn't do that with two decades of managerial experience and manager of the year awards and taking teams to the playoffs, like we thought that that was a perfect fit. Like they'd have an adult in the room and it worked out great the first year. And then this year when they were supposed to compete for the world series, they're basically a 500 team. No, I, 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 there's no doubt in my mind that working with AJ Preller is a headache. It sure seems like that. It sure seems like he micromanages everything, but you have to set the tone. I don't know. And then maybe you won't get the job if you set the tone. But I think I think AJ Peller would respect that maybe. Hey I don't man, know, man. You you do you you do what you do. Let me do what I do. I think that would be like, okay. Right. So I I will say this. It's not one of those shit jobs out there. And we know the handful. I'm not here to pick on teams, but we know which which organizations right now are just not giving an F-U-C-K about winning or development or anything else. So there's a couple of those jobs. Those are bad, bad jobs. To say you're taking over a team that's going to have a minimum of a $200 million payroll, even though they're going to chop some payroll, it sounds like, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. But, man, it seems like there's a lot of headaches that come with it. Just saying. And uh, ones yeah, we'll I mean, never know about. Ones we right will never guy. know about. You need the right guy there. All right, last thing. Congrats to two of our brethren here at the network, one of whom is the co-founder, Jake Storiali, the other Dalton Feely, who is a lifelong Diamondback fan. What about fan. Taylor Jackson? Oh, Tay-Tay, Tay too. Absolutely. Yeah. Third one. God, and she's the one most closely associated since she actually worked for the organization. So very happy for the three of them. Good call. Good save. Thank you. Um, but Jake in particular, he flew out to Arizona when they were in the midst of a nine-game losing streak, I believe. And then since he visited, I'm just saying, does that mean that Arizona has to pay for a ticket, fly him out, put him up at the Arizona Biltmore, 
and then get him tickets to the game? Uh, no, I think it means John Boy Media needs to fly him out there. Oh, and, okay. and there may be – I'm not saying there's been talks, but there's been talks. We'll see. Really? We'll see. I might be, I, I might weasel my way into going to the World Series as well. We'll see. You going to sleep on Longo's couch? I might. We're like this. That's adorable. I love that man with all my heart. I really do. I, I am like – I'm so excited for him to be doing this. And now I just want them to win for him. If you stay at his house, who is the best looking guy that played third base in the show? Me. Me. You're better looking than Longo. <clears throat> yeah, but he's got more money than me. He's got a better career than me. He's playing. He's still playing. So he's like playing. he's more desirable than me right now. But I think I'm better looking. Might have to put that out on a uh, on a poll. I think we, we should cut that. Well, that's the thing is he's like he's got a lot of things that I don't have, Chris. Yeah. So like we're just going straight looks here. Okay. And I want to warn people. I'm about to shave this beard off. You're gonna see no. me without a beard for the first. I I have to for my Halloween costume. Uh, do you want to share what it is? Uh, I don't care. Yeah, sure. We're all going. Uh, a big group of us is going as like the clueless, the movie clan. So somehow I'm Paul Rudd. You know the stepbrother oh. who kisses his stepsister okay but i have to shave which i think i'm gonna do like right now after this okay show. get in character i like that i like that quick reminder um still time to get in your seeky question of the week get it in by tomorrow though use our social media channels at chris rose sports just use it on x formerly twitter hit the reply put it in there if we pick yours and make it creative make us think a little bit let us have fun with it. You will get a $1,000 credit to use on SeatGeek. So there you go. Um, congratulations, Diamondbacks. Congratulations, Rangers. I will be talking to Austin Hedges later today. He will be the latest That's awesome. person on the Chris Rose rotation. How about that? Guy starts that his motherfucker's having the best time of his life right now. <laughs> and now he's going to be in the freaking World Series. I can't wait to hear He went from the him. Pirates to the World Series? Pretty, pretty amazing stuff. All right, uh, we will uh, get things going with a breakdown of the series coming up on our next show for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the uber-talented and soon-to-be clean-shaven Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday on Baseball Today.